足足足高喽，足足高喽，足足高喽，足足高喽，足足高喽，足足高喽，足足高喽。Question, Trada, have you seen Detective Pikachu? I did. <laughs> really?、Yes. I want to see it. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to know since the, you know we just played the Jigglypuffs, so it seemed relevant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just wanted. I watched it with my dad and my mom, and it was like pretty bad. So yeah. Anyway, welcome to Only Jamie and Brienne. <laughs> The only Game of Thrones podcast where we only recap the Jamie and Brienne parts of season eight. This is our last episode. I would like to give a special shout out to the person who gave us a one star review on iTunes, told us that this podcast was a mess, but that they hoped it got better with time, <laughs> which is incredible because there's this is the last episode. And then I tweeted about that because I thought it was so funny, and they deleted the review. So does that person follow me on Twitter? Who are、okay. they? I have a lot of they questions. They definitely follow you on、answers. Twitter, but probably the other thing is that they probably started in the beginning, and then they might have listened to more, and then might have revised their opinion. So we're gonna talk about the last episode. Yeah, we're gonna start with a little plot summary. This is gonna take a second for once. Tyrion finds Jaime and Cersei's bodies, which we will get back to because I have a lot of problems with this scene. Tyrion cries. Then we don't see Brienne for a huge chunk of the episode, and then finally. After Danny is dead, and you know a month has passed, about、um, there's like a council meeting. Also, maybe like Tyrion's trial. It's not really clear what the point of the meeting is. And Brienne is at the meeting. She has her own seat at the meeting. She's not like standing behind Sansa. Like she's there as like her own entity. It feels like, and she even gets to vote to make Bran the king. Which was unclear to me why she would even have a vote, but whatever. So yeah, then Bran's the king, and then Brienne becomes the commander of the King's Guard, and she finally updates the Book of Brothers with the things that Jaime had done that were not in the book. And then in the last scene we see her in, she's on the small council.、Uh, Pod is also in the King's Guard, which seems to mostly involve pushing around Bran at this point. She, I didn't remember her saying anything in the scene, but Sharada remembered that she says that ships are more important than brothels,、uh, which lends to the point that she's the only woman on the small council. <laughs> so I imagine she's not going to last a long time because it seems like a tough room. My understanding was that she was voting for Tarth, right? But I don't know how important Tarth is. It feels like only the big houses、yes, should get、exactly. votes, and Tarth's not a big house. It like because Davos says, "I'm not sure I should get a vote." And that makes sense because Davos is just a knight. Davos is like, just Davos. Davos yeah. Right, he's just Davos. But then Brienne votes, and I'm like, Tarth is not that big of a deal. Does Gendry vote? Gendry votes for Baratheon. Gendry votes. Yeah.、Um, I. There's also like some people on that scene that I was like, who are you? Well, I think that okay. On one hand, yes, like technically, but you have to also think about the fact that they just won a war. So I guess like whoever they decide is、yeah, a big house is a big I house. Yeah. I guess that like helped. And like maybe. Like Sansa and Brienne had a talk about how like Sansa's safe now, and Brienne can like go back to being her big, her not to being the head of Tarth, and she okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> this these are where all the problems. Yes, of with course. This ending for Brienne come up. Do you like this ending for Brienne? And、uh, no, it was so like this entire like okay, it's a Jamie and Brienne podcast, but truly this episode was so boring. I was checked out by the time anything like anything with Brienne came around. I was like, okay, yeah, 
the text messages that you sent me last <laughs> night were hilarious. You like could didn't even have words, and I was just like, "Braun is the master of coin," <laughs> and I like have no reaction to it because I was that. I mean, here's the thing: I enjoyed the writing in the book, which we'll obviously get into a lot more. I thought that yeah. it was really good. Um, I do wish she had put a little bit about herself in there, but it's understandable why she didn't. Um, I think they need to have some discussion with Sansa, the fact that she, like, separated from Sansa. It's, like, come on, like, so much of what you were, go like, your motivation was, like, Catelyn, 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 and, like, when did that decide? And Sansa, Sansa, Sansa. Yeah, and, like, when did that sever? Like, I understand that it would, but, like, why can't we see it? Why do we have to see three minutes of people walking in dark spaces, but not see this one conversation? One. Yep. Not having that Sansa and Brienne scene sucks why isn't Brienne just the head of Sansa's Queen's Guard and then someone was like well Brienne's not a northerner and I'm like who gives a fuck that's not what just Brienne's like basically a northerner anyway and then the other thing that this raises is what's gonna happen to Tarth now because Brienne is an only child and the King's Guard by tradition, you're never supposed to marry. Like, that's Tywin's whole problem right, with Jamie yeah. joining. So you're never supposed to marry. You're never supposed to continue. So then, assuming they didn't change that rule, which they might have since they just elected a king. Yeah, so, that's what know, I was going to say. They really do whatever the fuck they want. But Maybe Tarth you know. will now have a little council, and every time they're going to elect. Tarth has its own yes. council, and they vote. I don't know. I, I was very attached to Brienne going back to Tarth. We never saw Brienne on Tarth. And you, I guess that. We never met Brienne's dad. I get that spoiler. I guess that spoiler. Did we talk about that on this podcast? The spoiler? What's that? What's like, spoiler? not the spoiler, but like how they thought that Jamie and Brienne like filmed in a place that looked like Tarth and Brown was yeah. there. I like that you said they, but it's me. Oh, it's you. <laughs> like I was really dedicated to this theory. <laughs> okay. There was, I mean, it's, I mean, this is true that. Uh, Nikolai and Gwendolyn both were filming in Ballycastle, Ireland. And if you look at Ballycastle, it looks a lot like Tarth. So a lot of people, including myself, assumed that that was Tarth. But apparently Nikolai filmed his dumb fight uh, with the Danish pirate in Ballycastle. And that was his last scene. And then I have no idea what she filmed. I have no idea what she was there. Maybe she wrote in the book there. Yeah, but Maybe. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to me that they would, like, send her all the way to Ireland instead of just filming that somewhere else. I guess. But, but none of this makes sense, so... No, it's true. Nothing makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, so that really bothered me that we didn't get a Sansa conversation. Because you're right, like, her p- pledge to Catelyn Stark was so important. And then her pledge to Sansa. I mean, in episode two... Episode two was the best episode of the season, and also the episode that I feel like all the other episodes pretend didn't exist, but... Sansa said to Danny that like she trusts Brienne like implicitly right. immediately always you don't like give someone like that up I mean the thing is that both the Stark sisters acted very oddly in this yeah, episode I so I was just thinking about I I mean I don't want to get ahead of ourselves but I've been thinking about the Jamie Cersei Tyrion stuff and a lot of people have been like I guess at the end of the day the show is all about families and how like family ties trump everything which i think is um i think that's a great theme but i do think that like the problem with that theme is that when you want to talk about family you also have to talk about chosen family because that's so right and also talk about your family just like if your family does fucked up shit then you can pick a new family exactly but i was better gonna say 
then the Starks, who have been the closest family, all end separated. I know. I hate it. Which is crazy, too, because, like, Ned Stark's words that Sophie Turner tattooed on her body are, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. And at the end, none of the Starks are together. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, like, I know this is not a podcast about that, but I think that, like, that... It was like such a it was it was such a sputter to yeah. the end of all this. I yeah, that's the yeah. Let's go back to Brienne. Sure. Um, I'm gonna read aloud what she wrote in the book. Sure. Barristan Selmy used to be the Lord Commander, right? Yes, he did. Right. So it looks like he wrote that you can see on the screen that uh, Jamie killed Ares at the foot of the Iron Throne, pardoned by King Robert Baratheon, thereafter known as the Kingslayer. And then Jamie wrote, after the murder of King Joffrey I by Tyrion Lannister, served under King Tommen I. Why no one corrected that? <laughs> I guess Jamie forgot about the book. So then Brienne has written, captured in the field at the Whispering Wood, set free by Lady Catelyn Stark in return for an oath to find and return her two daughters. And then she starts, lost his. And then we cut away from that. So we don't know what she wrote about the hand and the bear, etc. And then we go to the next page, and she wrote, Took River Run from the Tully rebels without loss of life, lured the Unsullied into attacking Casterly Rock, sacrificing his childhood home in service to a greater strategy, outwitted the Targaryen forces to seize Highgarden. Sorry, the lighting on the, page, the screenshot's weird, so it's kind of hard to read. Anyway. Fought at the Battle of the... Oh, of the gold road. Who even knows what that is? <laughs> Bravely, narrowly escaping death by dragon fire, pledged himself to the forces of men and north and rode north to join them at Winterfell. Oh, I think Golden Road is where the the Samwell's people died. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's when Bronn like fishes yeah, down yeah, the yeah, water. Yeah. For Met fans, it's the scene that Met's pitcher Noah Syndergaard is an extra in. Cool. For no reason. <laughs> Super <laughs> random. Anyway. Faced the army of the dead and defended the castle against impossible odds until the death of the Night King. Escaped. Okay, this is the line that really I didn't even notice until right before you did this podcast. Escaped imprisonment and rode south in attempt to save the capital from destruction. Died protecting his queen. So that's what she wrote. When did he escape? Um, Oh, from the camp? Right. Well, that's the thing is because someone on Tumblr was saying that it sat like the way she wrote it makes it sound like he was captured at Winterfell and then escaped Winterfell and rode south. But that's not the situation. So there's something to think about. Mm. Yeah. Nothing that we see that she wrote mentions herself in it. Yeah. Which is upsetting it's so Brienne, it does cut it cuts away it cuts away from the part about the hand and presumably the bear so it is possible that she would have mentioned herself then but i do agree it's very Brienne to not mention she herself. like wouldn't do it no yeah the two other times we've discussed this book jamie and joffrey have a scene where they talk mm-hmm. about the book because joffrey's like oh uncle there's a lot of white on your page and he's like i could still do more stuff and he says oh, what, a one-handed 40-year-old knight? And Jamie's like, frowny face. <laughs> and then Joffrey dies, like, very soon after that. And then he talks about it with Brienne in one of my favorite scenes. 
And he says the same thing. There's a lot of white, but he still has time to fill it up. So I'm glad that we uh, revisited this in general. But in the book in that scene, he has already written some things in the book. And he had written already in his entry, returned safely to King's Landing by Brienne, maid of Tarth. Aww. So he had already written her into the book. So why wouldn't they just put that in the book? But the na- narrative in the TV show about Jamie is way more tied to Cersei than it is to Brienne. Yeah, I agree. TV is. Jamie is not as nice as book Jamie is what I've learned. Because apparently also I found out this week, um, shout out to my friend Carrie, who I've been DMing a lot about Jamie and Brienne. Apparently in the book, when he gives her the sword, he says to her, you should name it Oathkeeper instead of her naming it Oathkeeper. Hmm. I think it's more powerful with her naming it Oathkeeper, though. I think it's powerful in different ways. Like, if she names it, it's her being like, no, you're good. And if he names it, it's him being like, I'm trying to be good. That's fair. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I think I texted you about this, but I feel like everything that she wrote in that book is just emblematic of the fact that she is going to remember a Jamie that really no one else knew and like to her yeah that will always be the real jamie and that was the best jamie and i mean there's a lot of argument as to like whether that's really him but like i don't really necessarily yeah. agree to that i think that that was just him around Brienne, and if he was able to find it himself to stay with her then that might have actually been who he was but yeah the tv show didn't want him to be that person the other thing is that she's like directly refuting some of the things that he said to her when he was like, oh, I'm hateful. Like, one of the things that he says is that he would have killed everyone at River Run for Cersei. So when she writes in the book, he took River Run without killing anyone. It's her being like, no, look, like, you were good. Like, you couldn't see it, but you were. I see that. I mean, I, I do. I think that that's how she feels. Yes. I'm glad that that's. I'm glad that they gave us, like, a little room to breathe on that. I was stunned by the general reaction to that scene because I feel like a lot of people were like, why is Brian writing down his stuff? She should be writing down her <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, she's also going to do that, guys. But, like, it's fine. Like, let her have this moment with Jamie. I, I don't know. I feel like the a lot of people just really fucking hate Jamie. And Which, me. like, here's the thing. I understand, and I'm so in their camp, but I think when it comes to Brienne, like, she doesn't hate him. And, like, that's okay and that's great and she if she loves him then we should be able to see her reflect that you know without like having our own biases pushed into it also yeah she's not pregnant thank god which you know i was so convinced that she was that i'm almost a little sad that she's not <laughs> you were really pushing for renly of <laughs> i know renly tarth would have been an iconic baby mm. yeah i was honestly almost a little sad that she wasn't pregnant that's how convinced i was i don't know that's the thing. The Brienne ending is almost happy. The Brienne ending is, like, everything she wants. And I think that, like, everything she wanted, right? And I think that you pointed this out somewhere. but like, On Twitter. The, yeah, probably on Twitter. But, like, the first or second episode she's in, she's so happy because she's, like, appointed to Renly's guard. That's our introduction to Brienne. Is she right. fights Loras and she wins with her helmet on. And Renly's like, I'll give you anything you want. And she's like, she pulls off the helmet and you see it's a woman. And she's like, I want to be in the King's Guard. And he's like, great. But it makes me sad because it's Bran. Like, if it was Sansa, then I'd be like, oh, yes, yeah. I'm here for this. But I'm like, Bran? Bran? We can't talk about our story. 
We can't talk about it. I know, but I'm just saying, like, Brienne was the head of the Queen's Guard, and it was Sansa's Queen's Guard. I would really have no qualms. But it being Bran, I'm just like, go back to Tarth, Bran. It's not worth it. It's, I mean, I okay, yes, that's true. But I think that theoretically, she has everything she wants, right? Like, yeah. she's in the King's Guard, and she's the leader of the King's Guard, which yeah. is amazing. And she gets to be, of course, she's the only woman on there, and she gets to be the rational yeah. voice on that council. Hopefully, they'll listen to her. They won't. And, you know, maybe she will one day fall in love and Mm -hmm. live a life that is beyond her work, which I hope she does have a more full life and have kids if that's what she wants. Um, But that's where we leave her. I think it is a happy ending for her, though. I think you're right. Yeah. I think they think it's a happy ending, but it just doesn't sit 100% correct. I think that it's happy for me because even though it's not done, it's not an ending. It's really a beginning. It's like a beginning with a lot of promise. And for That's that, true. I'm happy for her. Gwendolyn was posting a bunch of memes. I loved that. First off, okay, a lot of these memes of Brienne writing the book were just the same joke over and over again. It's like, guys, we get it. We also watched Jersey Shore and Mean Girls. Like, get a new joke. No, it was really funny. <laughs> I love them very much. It was very salty. It was like, Brienne should have been more of a dick to Jamie while writing in this she book. She never would. She like, would. if she had have read about Stannis, she would mostly be nice to Stannis. She would never be mean to anyone. That's true. At least in public. But I think, I'm guessing, like, Gwendolyn is like, yeah, guys, like, this is No, I know. I think I Gwendolyn's, like, I think Gwendolyn is rightfully pissed about how it went down. But is Nikolaj away? Well, <laughs> we can get there with the Nikolaj stuff. I think... He has been forced into a corner. Okay, Victoria. I do, I do, I do, I do. If you read his Entertainment Weekly interview, he is doing a lot of spin in this interview. I'll say that. Anyway, so let's go back to what's happening in the actual episode, which is that we do see Jamie in possibly the most ridiculous sequence I've ever watched on television. Let's, last week, Cersei and Jamie are downstairs in the red keep and it appears that an entire building collapses on them and they died this week we find out that is not true most of the building is completely fine and if they had moved 20 feet over they wouldn't have died yeah i I mean you know what i was thinking while watching Tyrion walk through that i was like why did they hide under that skull literally like it doesn't even make any logical sense because at the beginning of the episode, they're walking around very much as like our side one. And it's very like, you know, horror struck shell shocked thing. And like Grey Worm says to John, like, oh, any enemies of Cersei are our enemies. And John's like, it's over. We won. But then Tyrion then finally finds their bodies. If the entire Red Keep had collapsed, then it would make sense to me that they were acting like Cersei was dead. But apparently only a little bit of the Red Keep collapsed. So there was no way for them to know Cersei was dead until Tyrion found her body. That's and wouldn't point. you think that Danny would want to see her body to know? Especially since Danny's whole claim to the throne is based on the fact that during a siege, she was secretly ferreted away from Westeros. So wouldn't Danny want to make sure that Cersei wasn't secretly ferreted away from Westeros before they start celebrating? 
But they, no. Yeah, I mean, I think that the idea that they just let Tyrion go by himself. Tyrion, who's trying to make Jamie and Cersei escape many times, go on his own to find both of them doesn't make sense. It just doesn't it make sense. It makes no sense. And, but it also doesn't make sense that, like, this building just collapsed, but also it's fine. Like, he can walk around it fine. There's not even, like, a squeaky floorboard, but also it collapsed. And also, if they had moved 10 feet, they wouldn't have died. It's so stupid. I, mean, I think that it I get that they comes... wanted Tyrion to find their bodies and be sad, which, is, again, is so stupid, because why would why would Tyrion be sad that Cersei died? Literally, why? Well, okay. Jamie, I understand. Why would he be sad that Cersei I... died? Fuck this show. I think but that there is then they a shouldn't way- have killed them in such a stupid way that the only way Tyrion could find their bodies was to go on this dumb walk. I, okay, I think a couple of things. The first one is I think yeah. that there could have been like the whole thing collapse and then people are trying to dig out the stones and Tyrion is there and he he sees them first. Like that's obviously like a way they could have gone. Whatever. I also think that like they decided from the beginning that this is Peter Dinklage's episode. They just like made yeah. that decision and so. That is why we see his long walk to find Jamie yeah. and Cersei. And it's like, I think that seeing them both there was very poignant, but I do agree that I wasn't really in the moment because the whole thing felt really unrealistic. It was so fake. I really hated that whole thing. I mean, unrealistic for a fantasy show, but yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, the laws of physics are the laws of physics. Still you just here. convinced me that this building collapsed and now Tyrion is just walking around like la la la. Yeah, so that's the only time we see Jamie. Also, Tyrion says to John that Varys was his best friend, which I think is rude to Jamie. I don't know. Jamie's kind of dumb. I get that why he needs a smart best friend too, but that's okay. But here's the thing I honestly don't even find that joke very funny anymore because Tyrion's so stupid. Like, <laughs> oh my like, god. Like, Tyrion, so oh, that's Tyrion admitted that he's a dumb bitch this episode. And but then they, they immediately they, made him a hand. Yeah, they so immediately. What? No, but I mean, it's, forget that immediately they made him a hand. Immediately they're like, oh no, you're the smart one. Choose our king. <laughs> this shit is wild. It, what a wild episode. But we, won't, we can't get into that. Only Jamie <sighs> and Brienne. But. I did want to say, because I wasn't able to say it before, that I don't believe that Nicolaj is just covering for the show. And I do feel like he is a bit of a dummy. And that's okay. Oh that is really okay. He is wow, not I can't, a dumb. First of all, I love enough. that you call him Nicolaj. I what, love that you go it, in on that J. No, is it's it not, Is it just Nikolai? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just a J instead of an I. No, I love it when you do the J. It makes me I mean, it's not real, time. but okay. um, Did you read his Entertainment Weekly interview? Part of it. Oh. Not well, impressed necessarily. I mean, exactly. It doesn't actually make any sense. But I think that he. I mean, I think all. But I think every single one of them has had to do that in their interviews. Is take this thing that doesn't make sense and try to make it make sense. But again, he said he was happy with the way that his character ended. Which, I mean, it was. Yeah, fine. but then he also. Okay, he was like, "I'm happy with it and it's good." But then he was also like, "But I wish that he'd just been happy with Brienne." So. He no, was going I both know. ways. Whatever. This is not worth, you know, you know, Nikolai is not listening to this podcast. Nikolai is not listening to this, but. We don't need to engage in this narrative. I. official opinion. We do not have to engage. I do think both of them probably have the same level of IQ. I think they're both low-key annoyed about it, but. Oh, you think Jamie and Nikolai have the same level IQ? That's what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Nick, if you are listening, I do not support this opinion. Okay. Oh my god. Wow. I was gonna say I think Gwendolyn and Nick were both annoyed and Nick is just more of a team player. I mean, 
if I was like, here, I guess maybe I don't know because I've never maybe been Nick on a show like this. Me. But like, I think that anyone who's on a show like this is probably annoyed. Yeah, yeah, it, it was bad. Yeah, um, right. Because I mean, you know, I really don't want to go over this again because everyone knows how I feel about this. But the whole th- it just doesn't make any sense. The whole Jamie plot. Episode two, Jamie is a different person. That's true. Than episode four and five, Jamie. He's just a different person. Because even Nikolai was saying in this Entertainment Weekly interview. Though I, I was going to Google this before we started recording. Because I could swear that he gave interviews about the season finale for season seven. Where he was like, Jamie's leaving. Jamie's never going back. Yay, Jamie. I was so happy for Jamie that he finally left Cersei. And in this Entertainment Weekly interview, he's like, well, he didn't really leave her. He was like, I'm going to go north to protect you and our child. And I'm like, that's not what you did. That doesn't even... The only time... Like, in episode two, Jamie explains a million times why he's there, and that's never a reasoning that he gives of why he's there. I, I mean, here's the thing. I love episode two, Jamie. I think he's great and respectful and thoughtful, but I, I still do understand why that person was in a totally different mind space than episode four, Jamie. It just, like, there's, it was just, like, there's too much, like, external forces, forces changing, like, how he thinks about his life and his world and where he's supposed to be between that point and the episode four. So the fact that he leaves still is not crazy to me and I still totally understand it and I still yeah. think it's in character. But, I mean, like, it does not happy. It's not where I think idealistically where you would want that character to end up. Right. Well, here's the thing, too, is that we got a very thoughtful email from a listener, Ozma, about where she was talking about how she thinks Jamie's story is supposed to be tragic, which I agree. I think that they... Well, actually, I don't know that I agree. I, I, think, I never thought saw it that way, personally. I, I mean, but I think I that there is, like, a tragic that. aspect to it, but I'm not... I I sort of do think that they... Benioff and Weiss think that Jamie dying in Cersei's arms is, like, almost a happy ending for Jamie. So it's kind of fucked up. But I do... I think if they wanted to play up the tragic part in a way that actually would have made mental sense for Jamie, then they should have killed Brienne at the Battle of Winterfell. Here's why. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because if they'd killed Brienne, then Jamie would have been like, fuck, I decided to, like, turn my life around and, like, try to be good. And now the best person I know, the only person who ever believed in me this whole time and thought I could be good, just died. And for some reason, I'm still fucking alive. And, like, I, you know, and just, like, the, like, moral turpitude i don't even know if that's the word i'm so tired i don't know what words are anymore <laughs> uh you know and then that sort of being his like i'm done like i can't do this anymore moment would have actually been like heartbreaking and sad and made sense as opposed to whatever he actually did which is like I, vaguely remember he has a baby but i do think that like what the jamie that you're portraying in that sense right is the person who has like nothing else left so he goes back to cersei is very different than the Jamie that they want to portray in the show, which is someone who, like, has this other potential and still chooses Cersei. And they, like, want to show the person who would still choose Cersei, um, which is, like, a completely different human. But I do understand that, like, I I think that if they had painted it that way, it would have been a much more tragic story. I think that I, think that I cannot see him as a tragic figure, especially next to his brother, I, which probably is why... That narrative was just never in my mind. I do understand it when she was laying out all of her points, but I don't think that's how they try to write him. I don't even think that's the way that George R. R. Martin was trying to write him. Right. Well, I wouldn't 
I mean, maybe I'm just optimistic, but I don't think Jamie's ending on the TV show is going to be the same as his ending. I don't think so. Not from everything that he said. And also not from the fact that, like, George, George, my best friend, has uh, definitely distanced himself from the show. Wait, I do want to say that we didn't really talk about, like, just seeing them there. And that was, like, the way they were positioned was, like, obviously, like, very much purposeful. And it was very sad. I I was sad to see him lying there. Yeah, you didn't have any emotion, too. no. I was, I was I don't sad. Know. Yeah. I, I, in the moment, I didn't. I don't know. I Today, I kept thinking about it and getting upset. <laughs> uh, truthfully. Today, okay. I, driving back from Boston, I kept thinking about it and being like, God fucking damn it. Um, is there anything else we want to say about this episode? Oh, anything. Oh, I mean, I, wanna, I just want to like complain about Braun more. The Braun plot was the most useless shit that's ever happened in the entire fucking world. Because... Cersei sent Bronn to kill Jaime and Tyrion. He easily could have actually done that. And there was no fallout from that in any way. In the same episode where Jaime finds out that Cersei sent Bronn to kill him, Jaime goes back to Cersei. An episode after Tyrion finds out that Cersei sent Bronn to kill him, Cersei frees Jaime to go back to Cersei. Bronn ends up on the small council as the master of coin, presumably stealing all the money. (laughs) So what was the point of any of that? We spent so much time with Bronn in episode four when we could have been watching Jamie and Brienne having sex. That's that's what I want to say about that. I'm I wholeheartedly agree with that last sentiment. I do believe probably like Lena Headey is probably so pissed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The fact that like Bron ends up with such a happy headline. But I mean, I feel like their whole thing of this last small council was like, oh, look, it's our ragtag group of friends. And they're all the small council together. It It was was really the feel. So stupid. Man, when Sam pulled out the book, I literally screamed. <laughs> okay, uh, the other thing we want to talk about, uh, which is relevant to that sort of very sentimental shot of Cersei, Jamie, and Tyrion, mm-hmm. is whether or not Jamie and Cersei's relationship is abusive. And if it is, which I think it is, is the show glorifying the abusive uh, nature of the relationship by giving them such a like weird happy lovey ending because i think it i think that i think jamie loves cersei genuinely but i don't think cersei loves jamie i think cersei loves jamie as a reflection of herself which is why she's so disgusted when he loses her when he loses his hand and she primarily wants to control jamie and she uses love and affection and sex to control him all the time she uses the baby to control him in season seven and ultimately season eight and i think it is a really unhealthy relationship so the fact that the show apparently wants us to think like oh he went to like die with the woman he loves and like even though that like sucks because he could have been with brienne it's still like if not good then like understandable slash almost good uh because he got to die in the arms of the woman he loves and that's what he wanted and like love and family is important and then they kind of like co-sign that with Tyrion because again like Cersei was like an abusive piece of shit to Tyrion so for Tyrion to be like invested in whether or not Cersei survives in episode five and then to be sad that she's dead in episode six is really crazy to me 
and I think ultimately harmful and bad. I, so I've thought about this a lot because I know I have given Jamie, the character, a really hard time for her going back to Cersei and like going back to somebody who is so horrible. And in that I've given him a lot of agency. And I've also thought about the idea of exactly what you said, which is that Cersei is manipulative, abusive, and is knows exactly what buttons buttons and how to push him in order to get him to do what he wants and he is kind of just sort of been susceptible to that and is a victim to her and so whenever he returns to her it's because that's just something that happens a lot when it comes to like abuse especially within family and him going back to her makes a lot of sense i mean there are things that still doesn't necessarily line up with that narrative including him raping her but though I guess maybe there's right and again we have discussed the scene too many times I know I know I know I just like I can never really let that no, go no I know ever. it's fine yes. um and but I also think that I cannot give complete credence to that theory because I do think that means that it takes away a lot of agency of Jamie's actions look if there's therapy in Westeros then like right. it would be completely different right right like, that's the thing is like if like, there's a therapist at Winterfell Jamie stays with Brienne. Yes, but also it would mean that he would be able to, I truly think that like if he was just under a spell and was a victim of her, he would be able to come out of that and then he would yeah. be able to gain agency. But I think in, in a world where like no one has ever talked to him about the fact that he potentially is in an abusive relationship. Yeah. The fact no, that he's never right. recognized it would to- mean that like all of his actions are like totally driven by this one thing. I, I mean... People could totally disagree with me, and maybe I don't understand domestic abuse enough to under, to like say anything about that. But right. that's just how I view it, and I don't necessarily agree with that that he doesn't have any agency. But I do, I do think that it's definitely an aspect of why he's returning back to her. Yeah, even no, if I it's think not canon funny. by D and D. Yeah, right. No, I think D and D would disagree, but fuck them. I mean, they don't understand anything about anything. relationships or. Jamie or Cersei or anyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What else did I want to say? I think that's really it for me. Me too. I feel like this was the least fun episode to recap. Not even because of Jamie and Brienne specifically. Yeah, I mean, this episode was just a mess. I don't feel like there's an overarching idea of this. I I mean, the idea is like Brienne's ending was fine, not great. And Jamie's still dead. Mm, yeah. yeah. I was really, uh, for our listeners, I always believed that Jamie was dead, but I did <laughs> think we were going to get a, like, Nikolai, like, flashback or, like, brand vision or something. I had a lot of evidence. It was mostly Instagram posts or lack thereof, uh, plus the filming in Ireland thing. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, I was pretty annoyed about that really wished it had happened uh just yeah but i guess as far as closure goes brian writing the book was pretty decent. it was good i just yeah this whole show ended with like a splutter and it didn't have to no it didn't you know oh a funny thing i found the other day yes when i was googling gwendolyn christie was when they cast her to play brian uh apparently because she basically, I mean, she'd basically been in nothing before this. I think mm-hmm. she was in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Uh, and that was, like, her only, like, major credit. And I, I've i never seen that movie, but I don't think she had a large role in it. She mostly had been a fashion model. And so some people thought she was, like, too beautiful to be Brienne. 
And when George R. R. Martin made his like Facebook post about it, his blog post, he still loves to blog. <laughs> he had posted a like headshot of her and he wrote something like, we auditioned a lot of women to play Brienne, but only one of them was Brienne from the moment she walked in the door and it was Gwendolyn Christie. And don't worry, like she's not going to look like this on the show. <laughs> and she's absolutely perfect in every way. And I have to agree that Gwendolyn Christie was absolutely perfect as Brienne in every single way. It's absolutely incredible to me that this was basically her first job and she's I mean she's perfect. I mean she was what a beautiful actress. Like seriously, yeah. so good. I also think that it's true that she is very glamorous in real life. And so yeah. I think a lot of like the reason that we don't really see it is that she's always frowning. Which is not... Yeah. Uh, and they, I mean, they also yeah. ugly her up on they, purpose. But Yeah, I mean, that's true. They probably make her really pale or whatever, and they, like, change yeah. her hair and stuff. But her hair, as we've discussed. I think that, like, even... She, like, makes... She, like, somehow is able to move her face in a way that, like, yeah. doesn't look the same as she does, like, on Instagram. Like, it, no, it, she definitely has put a lot of work into, like, becoming yeah. this character, and she did such a great job with it. She really did. And, you know, even though you think Nikolai is dumb... <laughs> is he is i but i think nikolai is one of the best actors on the show it is crazy to me that he doesn't have an emmy Uh, the same way it's crazy to me that lena doesn't have an emmy and the way that i'm pissed peter dinklage has three oh oh he got one for season seven he didn't do anything in season seven oh he's gonna get one for this season yeah, he's definitely going to get another fucking one for this season. Oh, but no I'm way. really mad that Lena didn't have anything to do this season because she deserves one. She does, too. Also, um, I'm just going to hand out Emmy. Can you imagine if Bron gets, like, a guest appearance? <laughs> <laughs> like, great work from Jerome Flynn. Lena would be so mad. That would be, be so hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see um, Pedro Pascal, who played Oberyn? posted a bunch of behind the scenes photos yeah i did they were very good so good there's one where lena's in a bikini i think he used to date lena also so uh, um okay yeah asterisk on that and it's her in a bikini posing with gwendolyn and they both look crazy hot and then it's a photo of him and nick and nick is like gazing at him yes like, that's a really good picture i'm just like i love all of this so <laughs> much <laughs> this is extremely good content thank you yeah um final thoughts how do you i don't know how do you feel about are you glad you did this i'm glad this was a really fun project for me personally but yeah i i wish our our source material was better yeah i agree like you know, some I moments was, it was shining and it was like yeah such a joy she but just stopped after season episode two <laughs> again not i'm not necessarily <laughs> the same page i I'm really kidding. enjoyed the last episode but i do I do see what you're where you're coming from, but I really like I enjoyed watching every single episode. It was great. Yeah, I love talking um, about it. Yeah, I loved making the podcast. I loved talking to you, of course, yeah. and with all our listeners. Um, everyone's been golden. I was looking through my old Jamie and Brand tweets, mm-hmm. and I did tweet in 2017 about how all I wanted was for Jamie and Brand to kiss before they died. And I got got it. it. I did get it. So, you know, how much complaining can I do? (laughs) You know, I guess I never imagined him going back to Cersei after that. But, you know, what can you do? You know. Oh, they ended up being really boring TV writers. It's really let down. It just, they just became very generic. And it's like. Real lazy. Yeah. Real Mm. lazy. 
Um, Don't let yeah. men write things. Yeah. This is my takeaway. Yeah, that's yeah. the real takeaway. <laughs> um, multiple people have suggested that we go back and recap old Jamie and Brian episodes. I gotta tell you, I will never fucking do that. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Maybe in like a decade. Yeah, no. this is way too raw for me right now. Oh my I god! I guess it's the idea of going back much. and wa- and watching yeah. them fall like them fall into something. I don't know necessarily love. I still don't really buy that. I know. It's like how you were gonna say love and then you took it back. Because I need to be consistent, but I it's do. Like, I, I think it would be very difficult knowing what happens. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, 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 wait! This is the other thing I wanted to say about Nikolai's EW interview, where he's like. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, you know, what Jamie feels for Brienne, blah, blah, blah. Is that like, see, he's such full, he's full of such fucking shit. Because if you go and you listen to some of his, like, DVD commentaries, he's always banging the Brami drum. And especially in one of my favorite JB scenes, the season six scene, where she tries to give him the sword back. And he says, it's yours. It will always be yours. And in the audio commentary, Nikolai is like, he's talking about his heart. <laughs> So, you know, like, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. Like, you, uh, Jamie, Nikolai has been playing Jamie is in love with Brienne since season three. So, you what, know, fuck what David Benioff about and D.B. Weiss. Is that I'm surprised that D&D didn't, weren't like, can you please stop? <laughs> but like, this is not how it's going. Please stop doing this. Thank you so much to everybody who listened to this It was podcast. so nice. We really appreciate it. I don't think yeah. I expected really anyone besides maybe our friends to listen. Maybe. Yeah. And other people did listen. Yeah. So thank you all so much. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Only Jamie and Brienne. Again, we will not be recapping more Only Jamie and Brienne episodes. But whatever we decide to do next, we will definitely announce on the Instagram. So it's definitely the number one way to stay in the loop as to what's going on with us. Also following Victoria on Twitter. Yeah, I was going to say, you can follow me on Twitter at Victoria Adel, E-D-E-L. Um, you can also email the podcast, only Jamie and Brienne at gmail.com. I also tagged both our Instagrams finally in the bio of the Instagram page, so you can click on those and just easily follow us individually. Too. Oh, yeah. I mostly yeah. post pictures of me in an elevator. That's true. Shrada's elevator has, like, a really good mirror for taking photos of your outfit. Every time I'm in that elevator, I take photos. It's Victoria who told me to. Like, I lived there for probably, like, many months, and then Victoria visited, and she was like, I would never leave this elevator without taking a selfie. Or not a selfie, but a picture. And I was like, oh, yeah. smart. That's because so that- I'm a Leo. So. <laughs> okay. So Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is how Jamie is definitely a Leo. Oh like, God, I think assigning Victoria. fictional characters astrological signs is mostly fake, but Jamie is actually such a Leo, it pains me. I cannot add to this conversation. Yeah, that's fine. If anyone wants to, please DM me on Twitter. That's all I want to talk about. Okay, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nikolai Costa-Waldo. Thank you, Gwendolyn Christie. If either of you were even slightly worse actors, this would have been an unbearable project. Thank you, Gwendolyn. You were such a pleasure to watch. And Nikolai... I was going to say Lodge. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't really trust you. I can't you, believe you so. are shading this man right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Gwendolyn's gonna be in a Midsummer's Night Dream in London this summer, and I wish I had money to go see it. And I also think he's gonna be in Macbeth in Los Angeles. Oh wow. I think I read in a profile. Wait, I no, but Victoria's also in the middle of writing a screenplay for the two of them. Oh, that's true. Other I ha- do have like a running Twitter thread of screenplay ideas. So um if you guys know them, let me know. I have a lot of 
concepts uh, to run past them. It'll be good. Yeah, okay. please. I mean, please put them in a rom com together. Jesus, Christ. I mean, this is never gonna happen. But can you imagine her in like gorgeous clothing, and like tailored and like perfect and so striking and so tall and so oh beautiful? It'd be amazing. Be It'd so be happy. the best movie ever. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch her. I just want to watch him chase her around for a movie. Oh yeah, it would be. Yeah, no, that would be so good. It'd be Someone has to incredible. care about this enough in Hollywood to do it. I know. Like, I don't know. Someone on Tumblr was like, we should crowdfund one. <laughs> like, that's not how that works, but appreciate your enthusiasm. No, for the we project. do not need to spend our own money. They can spend yeah. their own no, money. No, Hollywood should just it. give yeah. it to us. That's what they're supposed to do. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys know them, let me know. Anyway, we have to stop talking. We do. The wrapping up of this podcast has taken one million years. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Cue the Jigglypuffs. Bye. Bye. Bye.